We are continuing our series on the beloved community. We have said that we need the cornerstone, Jesus, because we are made in the image of God. And when we recognize that we are made in the image of God and that everybody is made in the image of God, then we can love people. Amen? And then we've said that we need a firm foundation so that we can be bound together in love. And that firm foundation so that we can be bound together in love is affirming that we are different and living together with our differences. Amen? Did you hear that? That was a softer amen. Y'all still working on that one, huh? We still working on that one. Okay. Today, we're moving to the keystone, the linchpin, the, the stone that locks it all in so that we can be connected together. And the linchpin of the beloved community is caring for one another. So we've moved from recognizing that we are all made in the image of God, recognizing that we have differences, that God loves diversity, and that we are to live together with these differences in respect and affirmation for each other. And now that we are to care for one another. Hear now from the Gospel of Matthew, the 22nd chapter. I'm going to start in the 34th verse, even though the 36th, I think, is on your screens this morning. But you're going to want to take out a Bible anyway, because we're going to go in, we're going to go and look at a couple things. So take out your Bible, take out your electronic device. You know, if you're at home on the computer, pull up a Bible app, because we're going to walk through this today and you're going to want to see it for yourself. So turn to the Gospel of Matthew, the 22nd chapter, beginning in the 34th verse. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version, updated edition. When the Pharisees, you remember the Pharisees are the spiritual elite, right? They're the ones who are in charge and they know everything there is to know about spiritual things. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced, that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Sadducees were the brain trust, they gathered together and one of them, an expert in the law, asked Jesus a question to text, test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor 
as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Light of the world, you stepped down into darkness. You opened our eyes and you let us see. So holy God, do it again. Open our hearts and our minds and our souls. Open our spiritual eyes, oh God, so that we can see what you see. We can live the way you want us to live, oh God. Speak to our hearts. Irritate us, oh God. So that we might have to come to you and be the people that you have called us to be. In Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. At the center of the beloved community is love. This agape love, this Greek word, which is not the love of friendship, it's not the love the way we love pizza, it's not even a familial love, but it is a deep and abiding, transformational and redeeming love. This is the love that says, I'm sorry, when all you want to do is double down and say, I told you so. This is the love that causes us to do something for somebody that will literally change their life when it indeed costs us something in life. This love requires action. This love requires action. This love requires action. And it requires us to step away from what is best for self and into what is best for the community. Oh, it's quiet already in here this morning. So we've been walking through these pieces of the beloved community, the how of agape love. We've been talking about what it's going to take for us to make this beloved community real and tangible. While we are building a physical structure, we have to build the spiritual structure to support the community here at 360 Peachtree Street and beyond. And the beloved community, caring for everyone is non-negotiable. Did, did you hear me this morning? In the beloved community, or some might even say in the kingdom of God, caring for everyone is non-negotiable. It's not optional. It's not something we get to do if we have time and we have resources. It is an expectation, a commandment from God. You want to be right with God? Care for other people. 
You, you want to be right. You want the, to wear the crown when we get to heaven. You have to care for God's people. It's not an add-on. It is what we do as the people of God. Caring for everyone is the keystone of the beloved community because it provides stability for the community. Have you ever been in a family system or a situation or a meeting or a workplace where things are not stable? You never know what to expect. Everything's always a little... We feel like we're surfing, right? Just to make it through the day. How does it make you feel? Stressed, bad, unsafe. The beloved community is a place of safety. It is a place of stability. It is a place where we can experience this abundant life that Jesus promises us. And we have to do our part. In ancient architecture, doorways and arches and what would later become windows were often built in arch structures. And there was a wedge-shaped stone that, or brick that was at the arch's top or the apex of the arch. You can see it on your screen right now. The apex, the arch's top, the stone that is there is the keystone. It is the stone that holds everything together. And without the keystone, every other stone would fall. The linchpin, the stone of stability. It provides a bridge of sorts. But above, among all the other pieces, it takes everything that is not the same. Did you hear that? It takes everything that is not the same and it pulls it together so that all of the pieces are strong and stable and work together. It locks everything in place. And it allows the arch to carry its weight. How many of you know that sometimes life is heavy? That there's going to be weight put on the community. That there's going to be weight put on individual stones and we need something to lock us in place so that we can bear the weight of, of, the, of life. We crumble because we are out of place in the community. We crumble because all the pieces 
are not together. We crumble because we try to do life on our own. And that is not the way that God designed us. We need the keystone. And the keystone is caring for others. Our scripture today is an interesting lesson for us. We come to the gospel of Matthew in the middle of a conversation. You see, the word is out about Jesus. The people know that Mary's baby is a little bit different. Maybe even a little bit special that Mary's baby who was born in a place where nothing good comes from, uh, all of a sudden he seems to have all the answers. But that's a problem. Because nobody is supposed to have the answers but the leaders of the church. That there are two kinds. There are Pharisees and Sadducees. The Pharisees are the governing council and the Sadducees are the smart people that know the answers to everything. They are the experts in the law. And Jesus is telling parables and answering questions among the crowd. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees are getting frustrated because Jesus is taking their job. Have you ever been among somebody who gets mad because you know how to do that job? If you can't say amen, you can say ouch. So the Sadducees have asked Jesus about resurrection. Now you need to understand that at this time the resurrection has not happened yet. And the resurrection is some ideal that the prophets have talked about and nobody really has a grasp or an understanding about what resurrection is going to look like and what resurrection is. They are truly ignorant about resurrection. It's a new-ish idea for them. It's not like they celebrate Easter like we do and, and we get and we have plays and Easter egg hunts and we jump up and down and sing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. None of this has happened yet. And the Sadducees asked Jesus, well, what about resurrection? And Jesus begins to explain resurrection in a way that they have never heard before. And we begin to understand that in life there is a cycle that we cannot have new life without death. Amen. That some things have to die. Some old and long held traditions have to die. Some old and long-held beliefs have to die. Some old and long-held prejudices have to die so that we can live into this abundant life that Jesus has promised. 
Jesus answers this question about resurrection so well that Sadducees don't have anything else to say. They are silenced. And so the Pharisees come and say, oh, well, you shut down our brothers, but you can't shut us down. And they say, what is the most important commandment of God? Now, I want you to understand that there's 613 commandments in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. And there's 700 plus commandments or what we might call laws in the Old Testament book of Leviticus. So they are asking Jesus out of almost 1,400 rules, out of almost 1,400 laws, out of almost 1,400 commandments that they were to know by heart, which is most important? This should have been a trick question. The answer they were expecting was all of them. But Jesus turns it on his head. He says, the greatest is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. That sounds easy enough, right? It, it, it sounds easy enough. And, and on the surface of it, it sounds like Jesus is making up some rules to help us live. But that's not the case. We have to go back to Deuteronomy. Remember I told you to pull out your Bibles? Go to the Old Testament and go to the front of the Old Testament and turn about three or four books in and you'll end up at a book called Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy has a lot of rules in it given to the Israelite people by Moses. And the rules include what we call today the Shema. Say that with me. Shema. S-H-E-M-A. The Shema. The Shema turns out to be one of the most critical prayers in Judaism for the people of God. And what Jesus is doing is putting a keystone in our faith journeys. He is drawing a bridge between what is old and what is new, and he is locking it in because it's important for the entire journey. Do you see that? If you go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, actually if we go, we start with chapter 5, the end of chapter 5 says, you must follow exactly the path. Did you hear that? You must follow exactly the path that the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live. 
so that you may live and that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land that you are to possess. I want you to understand what's going on here. The people of God, the chosen ones, the Israelites are lost. They have been evicted. They are without a place called home. And God has promised that he is about to give them a home. And they are about to go home. But before they can go home, they must prepare to receive what God is going to give them. You, 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 you're not hearing me yet this morning. <laughs> we want God to just do stuff for us like a genie in the bottle. Bam! Here it is. But what God is teaching us, what God is showing us, is that there is always a preparation period. There is always a stretching period. There is always a growing period. There is always a period of uncomfortableness. <laughs> there is always a period where we do not feel at home. Before God gives us the promise and hands us the keys. Oh, are you hearing me this morning? God doesn't just drop stuff in our laps. Have you ever given something to somebody who wasn't prepared for it? <laughs> Good luck with that. God wants us prepared so that we can maximize the gifts and the promise that God has given unto us. So he says, follow the rules. Follow the path. Do exactly what I tell you to do. And if you do it, you will live. If you do it, you will have the life that I have promised. If you do it, you will see abundant life in the land of the living. Then he says, now this is the commandment. If you want to be ready, do what I tell you to do. And then we get to the Shema. Shema means to listen. But it doesn't mean just to listen. It means to listen, to hear, and to act. Shema is an action word. As a result of what you have heard, align your behavior, align your action, align your living. Do something because you've heard it. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. 
hear. That's the word Shema. Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Wait a minute. Didn't we hear that before? Let, let, let's go back to the Gospel of Matthew. Let's flip back over. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. A bridge from what is old to what is new. A bridge from death to life. A bridge from displacement to belonging, a bridge from individualism to community, a bridge from on my own to with everybody on my side, a bridge from just existing to abundant life. That bridge is caring for others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You learned that in preschool. So why don't we do it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. The second part is in Leviticus. The whole list of how to love your neighbor. So stop asking who is neighbor. And how do I love my neighbor. Because it's all there in Leviticus. This is why we go to grow groups. So we can read it. And learn it. And live it. Caring for everyone is not a nebulous idea. It is the design of God for our lives. When we care for everyone, we all benefit. When everyone is healthy and we provide for everyone to be healthy, we all benefit. We are not as sick. We are not paying thousands of dollars for medicine that keeps us sick. When we could provide for even more expensive medicines that make us well. But we've said we don't want to do that. It costs too much money. Well, let me ask you this. What is your soul worth? Because when we refuse to care for our neighbors and instead choose what is most beneficial for ourselves, we choose not to love God and we choose not to love God's people. 
And that disobedience literally cost us our souls. You want to know what's wrong with the world? You want to know why people are hungry? You want to know why people steal? Because they're hungry. <laughs> you, you, you want to know why people are shooting other people? Because they are not cared for. We have no plan for mental health care or for making sure that people know that they are loved and adored. Our children are raising themselves. Sin and disobedience, failure to care for each other, leads us to the mess we are in right now. And don't bother telling me this is political. This is biblical. It's in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Matthew, Mark. Luke and John, the whole thing over and over and over. Love God, love neighbor, do it and you will live. You must follow exactly the path that the Lord your God has commanded you. So that you may live and that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land that you are to possess. In the Shema, in the Gospels, when, God, when Jesus is talking about loving the Lord, Jesus is talking about agape love. Jesus is talking about the beloved community. Jesus is talking about behavior that literally trans forms lives. We forget the first part of the Shema, Pastor Chris. It says here, Shema, listen, act. But then it says, the Lord is our God. The Lord alone. We can only care for our neighbor at such a time as this if we only serve the Lord. If the Lord is our only God. If the almighty dollar falls second or third or fourth to Jesus the Christ. We can only care for each other 
if our 401ks and our Roth investments and our healthcare Cadillac plans fall second to making sure that everybody can get the healthcare that they need. The Lord says, serve me and serve me only. And that's, that's how you live. That's how you live the life that Jesus has promised. That's how we experience abundant life. The stone that the builders rejected is now the chief cornerstone. It is Jesus who reminds us that we are made in the image of God. All of us are made in the image of God. And it shouldn't matter whether we're born on Peachtree Street or whether we're born under the bridge by Grady. We are all made in the image of God. We are all bound together in the foundation of agape love. We are all to care for one another so that the keystone is locked in place. We have stability and we experience the agape love of God. This is how we build the beloved community. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.